0: Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good question, where does that lead us today? Good morning, how are you guys doing this day? Are you guys glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, are you guys glad to be here this morning? You guys, let's get excited about what God is doing today. And I believe God has a word for us today, and I want us to be, have our ears and our hearts open to receive from the Lord this morning. It is a pleasure to stand before you today to bring the word of the Lord today. It's not me, but it's the word of God through me. And I pray that you guys will open up your ears and hearts. Can you guys pray and believe God and open up your ears to what God wants to have us for this morning? Amen? Amen. Again, we are in this series called Nehemiah Rebuilding Brick by Brick. We have been studying, and we've been studying that Nehemiah's life and what God is doing to him. And this morning, we're going to talk about distractions. Look at you, and say distractions. We live in a world full of distractions. Can somebody say amen? We are bombarded. We are bombarded and we are full of things. We sit down in our computers and we open up an email, and guess what? Another email pops up. We're on one web page and another web page clicks on top of that, and we have all of these things that are happening to us. And how many in, in this room this morning are guilty of being a distracted driver? I'm praying for truth this morning. How many of you guys are distracted drivers? Some mornings when I get on 64, we up here, we see people that are trying to put on their makeup. They're trying to feed their babies. They're doing, hey, listen, you're trying to answer a text message. You're trying to, to call your friend. All this while driving, that's why they pass the laws to keep us from being distracted of the things that we're going on in our lives. We're even distracted in our conversations. Can somebody say amen? I've had so many conversations with people that they're looking down at their smartphones that they don't even look at my face anymore people have gotten so distracted that we can't even have a conversation because we're distracted by the little thing that we hold in our hand. We're strolling. We can't even go five minutes without checking Facebook. Somebody say, oh me, oh ouch. I'm talking to myself, folks. Sometimes I could be sitting, listen, one day I was, listening, I was sitting at work and I was looking at Facebook and then I op- opened up my phone and I was like, oh my God, I'm looking at Facebook on my computer and Facebook on my hand. You understand what I'm saying? So we, we have all of these distractions that, that, that face our face are buried in our cell phones. But listen, no generation in history has been more distracted than this generation that we're living in now. No generation, no generation. Our culture is geared towards short attention span. Listen, 12-second commercials. How many of you guys watch a TV, a, a, a commercial on YouTube, you're watching a video, and in the end of, end of video, there's a commercial buried within, within your video. I can't stand it. So there are all kinds of, they have video games where if you don't respond or move within 30 seconds, you're, you're eliminated. So no wonder why we are all distracted. We live in a distracted time. How many men in this house today have some unfinished Products at your house, projects at your house that is unfinished. Can we can we say truth? I have a a I have a cabinet in my house right now that's swinging and it looks at me every day when I walk in there. It, it, it needs to be done. But we got some people in here right now. Men know we have some projects in our house right now that are that that are distracted. While it takes a lot of energy to start a project, it takes a lot more energy actually to finish the job. Can somebody say amen? Why is that? Because we get Distracted and, and spiritually speaking, let's move over to the, the spiritual speaking. We know what, what, what we, we have, what I call is spiritual ADD. Does anybody know what that is? Spiritual ADD, we have short attention spans. Listen, we can't even get through a service without checking our phones. If you're checking your phone right now, I, I, you got the symptoms of it, right? You know, we can't even sit through a service without looking at our smart devices. And I no wonder why we get so distracted in our own personal lives we stay distracted. And listen to this. Distraction is the enemy of this this discipleship and growth in Jesus Christ. I want to say that again because sometimes this distraction is the enemy of discipleship and your growth in Jesus Christ. The enemy would love to have you distracted on the things that God is having for you to do in your life. And we have to learn to be wise and be be keen of the enemy when he comes and brings distractions. We've been studying the book of Nehemiah. How many guys have been been a part of the series of Nehemiah? You've been here one or two of those sermons. We've been studying Nehemiah, and Nehemiah had a great project that the Lord had laid upon his heart. The project was to build the walls of Jerusalem and remove the disgrace of the people. We had some powerful sermons by our pastor. Pastor John, thank you so much for bringing this series to us. Pastor John and Pastor Nick and also Pastor Josh, man. It's, it's good to be a part of a team that can bring the word of God. Can we give our, our leadership team a hand clap of praise? We thank God for these men. And it's not coming from just one. The word of the Lord is for our church. Pastor Nick is upstairs doing the same series with our youth. And we're all learning how to build our lives brick by brick. But we're dealing with distractions. Pastor John talked about a holy discontent. He talked about the driven to prayer and the the brick of faith and planning for a move of God. How many know we got to plan for a move of God in our lives? It just doesn't happen. We have to plan for it. And we've talked about a committed heart. What is it to have a committed heart? Because if you're going to build anything, how many know, folks, we got to be committed to that thing? We have to be committed to the thing that God is having in our life, the bricks of opportunity and the bricks of oppression and the cry of oppression. But today, we're going to simply continue our talk on how to deal with with distractions. How many know that Satan doesn't want things to be accomplished for the Lord? Satan, if he can get you distracted, that was his, his personal thing. He's going to put all kinds of obstacles in our way. Some of them we even talked about last week. When those obstacles and challenges don't knock us off course, the enemy changes his plan and he tries to distract us personally. Distractions will come, but how Do we deal with distractions. Maybe some of you are distracted right now. Some of you are distracted about what time are we going to get out of service. I promise to have you out here by one o'clock. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Somebody say oh me. (laughs) No sir. Some of you are dealing with distractions now. Some of you are worried about what time the the, the Redskins are going to play today. I'm distracted right now. I'm distracted if we're going to win a game. Some of you guys may be distracted right now, distracted in your personal life. You may be distracted in your devotional life. You may be distracted in spending time in prayer. Some of you may be even distracted from your marriages and the relationships that you're in right now. Maybe Satan is trying to distract you from being the godly man or wife God has called you to be. Distractions are everywhere. They're everywhere. Such as with Nehemiah. Such as with Nehemiah. We're going to look at a scene from Nehemiah's life and we're going to parallel it To our own life, and today we powerfully leave here today with some practical ways to combat the enemy. Can somebody say amen? Friday, I had a chance to go to North Carolina for a funeral of a pastor friend of mine, dear pastor friend of mine, Pastor Hannah, who was 80 years old. He went to be home with the Lord on Veterans Day. He was a veteran, and he he really shaped and helped form my life into who I am today. And I remember him when I was 19 years old. I was in Emmanuel College, and I was determined I was going to leave. And our church was re- in the middle of a building project. And he took the church outside, and we had a foundation that had been laid in ruins for years. I looked back there, and there were cans. There were all kinds of started foundations that we, we had never gotten to. And this man was pretty bold. He took the whole church outside on a Sunday morning, just like you lovely people here today, and took us to the side of the building and stood on those ruins, and fussed at us and told us we were going to rebuild what god told us to build i'm like oh my god i get it so he served god and in that same that same period in my life he came and he said cory i'm 19 years old i believe god is calling you to be the youth pastor here at grace River. i mean, excuse me grace river lord grace river one what even exists here at bethel christian fellowship and i'm laughing in my spirit because i'm thinking this man i know you know lord i know you know god apparently you, know, you and him ain't speaking well because I had no earthly idea or no earthly desire to become a youth pastor at Bethel Christian Fellowship he took me to this foundation and then there were scriptures laid all over the foundations where the kids had begun to write the, um, the, uh, the scriptures there on the wall and I just kind of looked and I left them, I gave him a hug and I said Pastor Hannah I'll see you, I had to finish college for that semester and I went back home and I stayed and I laid back in college every day laying in the bed as a 19 year old man and I could not rest I just saw young people Saw me, speaking to young people, and I'm like, God, what are you doing? Pastor Hannah, get out of him. I woke up, and I would hear him, and I would hear him say, God told me you're going to be the youth pastor here. And, and coming from all the backgrounds that I come from, I always felt inadequate. Like, God, I don't have the words. I don't have the things to tell these people. How can you use a person like me? But God kept on confirming that his word in me in that time. So when I came back from Easter break at night, I saw Pastor Hannah at 19 years old. I'm I'm going to do it. I I believe God has called me to do this. And he gave me a hug, and he said it was going to happen. Well, he has been speaking into my life even in death. Even in death. I sat at his funeral, and I was listening to people talk about the legacy that he had laid. And I was like, man, I was one of those lives that was changed. That even in his death, he spoke to me. As I sat in that funeral, and I was listening to people talk about him, his daughter told the preacher one of the stories. And his daughter can sing. Pastor Hannah, if you know Pastor Hannah, he can sing his heart out. And his daughter was, felt inadequate. She was like, Daddy, I don't sing like you. I can't, I can't minister to people like you. And her, her dad told her a very a saying that I, I, I pray that you would hear today. He told him, he said, Honey, when you're ministering, people are thirsty. He said, people are thirsty. When you're ministering, that's all you have to remember. He said, when, you, when people are thirsty in a the desert, they don't care if the water comes from a crystal vase or a crack pot. So whatever you are, stand firm. And I, I, even in his death, I heard that this morning. So as I stand before you today, I hope some of you don't see me as a crystal vase, but you see me as a crackpot and to hear the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. There are distractions all around us. There are distractions that the enemy is trying to keep us from doing the things that God has called us to do, but we have to be wise. And we're going to read Nehemiah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be Nehemiah, the sixth chapter, verses one through 14. I'm going to read it from the message version because I don't want to confuse you. I want to make it plain. I want to make it simple to you so that you can heal the word of God this morning. We're going to be reading Nehemiah 6 verses 1 through 14 and this is the message version and we're going to read the word of the Lord today. It reads as thus, When Sandbalt, Tobiah, Gresham and the Abraham and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and there were no more breaks in it, even though I hadn't yet installed the gates, Sandbalt and Gresham sent this message. Come meet with us at Capernaum in the valley of Ono. I know they were scheming to hurt me, so I sent a messenger back to him saying this. I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Let me say that one more time. He said he sent a messenger back to him. He says, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for this opportunity to share with your people today. I pray that, God, that they would hear your word this morning. Hear your word. Hear your word this morning, God. I decrease so that you may increase in me, Father God. I pray that you open up our ears and our hearts to hear from the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I'm stopping right here because what, what, what Nehemiah told these gentlemen, he said, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. So I'm going to use for a title this morning is, Distractions will come, but stay on the wall. Look at your neighbor and say, stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Keep building the things that God has called you to do. Distractions will come, but we have to be like Nehemiah. Even in this scripture, when they sent word to him, he said, I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. All right. I'm going to finish that verse. He says, why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down to see you? four times they sent this message and four times I gave them the same answer. The fifth time, the same messenger, the same message, Sanderbilt sent an unsealed letter this time with a message. It said this, the word is out among the nations and Gresham says it's true. See, that's gossip. He said that was true. That you and the Jews are planning to rebel. That's why you're rebuilding the wall. The word is that you want to be king and that you have appointed prophets to announce in Jerusalem, but there's a king in Judah. The king is going to be told all of this. Don't you think we should sit down and talk about this? Nehemiah, check this out. I sent back saying, there is nothing to what you're saying. You made this all up. They were trying to intimidate us into quitting. They thought I'd give up. They thought I'd never finish. But Nehemiah prayed, God, give me strength. Then I met secretly with Shemiah, son of Deliah, the son of Metabel at his house and said, he said to me, let's meet at the house of God inside the temple. Let's find safety behind the locked doors because they are coming to kill you. Yes, they're coming to kill you. And I said, this is Nehemiah talking, why should a man like me run for cover? And why should a man like me use the temple as a hideout? Nehemiah said this, I won't he sensed that God had not sent this man. The so-called prophecy he spoke to me was the work of Tobiah and Sambal. They hired him. He had hired him to scare me and to trick me as a layman and to desecrate the temple by ruining my good reputation so they could accuse me. Oh my God, don't let Tobiah and Sambal get away with this mischief they've done. And the same goes for the prophets, Nodiah and the other prophets who had been trying to undermine my confidence. Here is a story. All kinds of distractions, all kinds of things that are coming up, that comes up. And the enemy, just like what he did in this story, that he will going to bring distractions that will get you off building your wall. Remember, the topic for this morning is to stay on the wall. I want you to really look at your neighbor. Find somebody who looks good. If he doesn't look good, find somebody who really looks good and tell him, stay on the wall. (laughs) Stay on the wall. God is building some great things in you. So we're going to talk about some of those distractions this morning. We're going to unpack distractions. The first distraction seemed harmless enough. The three bad brothers, Sandbolt, Tobias, and Gresham, sent four letters of invitation to Nehemiah to come to the plains of Ono. The plains of Ono. I read some commentary this week that says, anytime somebody invites you to the plain of Ono, just say, Oh, no. (laughs) Some, Some corny plains, but I loved it, you know. They said, you have been working hard. You deserve it. But Nehemiah was not naive. He saw right through their scheme. The scripture said he knew that they intended to do them harm. So his strategy was to stay focused. Verse 2 and 3 says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. This invitation, this invitation, this distraction of invitation, it, it appeals to one's ego. You know, I am important. How many know we got some ego problems? I am important. You've you worked hard. You deserve it. It's a distraction by opportunity. Look at somebody say opportunity. Listen, not all opportunities are good. Not all opportunities are good. In fact, they are bad if they keep they keep you from fulfilling God's greater purpose in you. They, if they keep you from fulfilling God's purpose in you, they are not good. We must learn to say no to some good things. Can somebody say amen? I remember me and my wife, Tisha, and our friend, Sergio. We were 18 or 19 years old. We were walking around Lynnhaven Mall, and we went into a store called Lord & Taylor's. Can somebody say amen? (laughs) And in Lord & Taylor's, they didn't care what we had. All they did was have a flashy table in front of us, and they said, come over here, and we'll give you a credit card. And I'm thinking, they're going to give me a credit card? (laughs) Tisha, they're going to give you a credit card? Man, these people must be really crazy (laughs) So we went to the table, me, Tisha, and my, my friend, Sergio, and we signed up for this credit card, and they gave it to this credit card. I put my credit card in my wallet, and it stayed there. And guess what? Lord and Taylor never contacted me because I never spent a dollar on that Lord and Taylor credit card. Can somebody say amen? Now, my wife, Tisha, on the other hand, <laughs> took that credit card and spent it on everything that you can imagine. I, know, I believe Tisha was working at CC's, CC's Pizza, three ninety nine buffet. She was. I know we didn't, She did not have the money to take care of that bill, but she kept on spending. She kept on spending and that credit card. Now, how many know having a credit card is a good thing? You want to build your credit, but if you don't have the means to have it, it ain't the best thing for you. The best thing for you to teach is to work at CC's and save your twenty dollars for that blouse that you really want. Amen. <laughs> so Tisha took that credit card and she spent it, and she finally told me before we got married. You know, with that, that credit card, I spent so much on that credit card. My dad had to just pay it all off on me. Can we say thank God for daddies? <laughs> so we thank God for those credit those things. But, but don't be distracted what God has called you to do. See, don't allow the, the, the good things, that, the pleasure by invitation. Come on, do better. Come on, to get you off the wall of what God is calling you to do. Whatever God has called you to build, go build it with your whole heart. Stay on the wall. Stay focused. And don't let good things keep you from the best things that God has for you. Can somebody say amen to that? Hebrews 12:1 says, Let us throw aside everything that hinders and, every, and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with preservation the race that was marked before us. So when these good things come, if they're keeping you away from the best thing that God has for you, learn to say No. Don't allow the distraction of invitation. Come on, Sean. Come on, Corey. God may be calling you to stop something. Don't do that. I don't want you to do that, but your friends maybe doing it. But for you, it's not the best thing. God wants you to stop those. So these things, that, these in- innocent things that seem to be good things, God is calling us to the best things. So be just like Nehemiah and tell those things, I cannot come down. God is doing a great thing in me. I'm, I'm, I cannot come down. God has called me. So the, the distractions of invitation... We're not going to do that. The second distraction this morning, get it, get in and hear the word of the Lord. The second distraction was distraction by invitation. I mean, Im- intimidation. Sorry, invitation was the first one. Intimidation is the second distraction. In verse five, this is what they said: the fifth time, the same messenger, the same message. Sandbolt sent an unsealed letter message with me, and it said, "The word is out among the nations, and they say it's true." that you were, planning, you were planning to come against the king. That's why you're rebuilding the wall. But I sent back to him saying that this is not, there's nothing to what you're saying. They want, wanted to intimidate him into quitting, but he said that I won't. God, give me strength. Nehemiah was wise. He was wise. He was focused on the work of the Lord, fulfilling the vision of Jerusalem. He brushed off the devious invitation and decided to stay on the wall. But that wasn't enough. The three brothers, the three brothers that we talked about, they upped their ante. And the second play was to resort to intimidation. Uh, The official letter that they sent was rolled up with a seal of wax. An open letter was sealed. They uh, they opened up this letter. Now, now this letter usually comes from the king. It's sealed so nobody could read it. But what these gentlemen did was they opened the letter so that everyone could see what this was. And they were telling lies about, about uh, 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 Nehemiah. They said he was trying to take over, but we know that was not the truth. They sent a letter. It was a lie. It was gossip by intimidation. The three brothers tried to back Nehemiah in the corner with their lies. See, when we're dealing with God is telling us to build things, how I many of no, the lies will come against you? God is telling you to build and God is telling you to build, but, but just like these three brothers, they sent an unsealed letter. The enemy likes to take your path and he likes to open it up for everyone to see it. You can't do this. You can't do this. These, these are spreading lies about you. I know people are going to talk about you. People are going to make up lies, and people are going to do those things. We need to be cautious because people will publicly shame you. They will have their lies straight. People will get together and compose, and they will compose their lies, and they will bring your past up, and they will even question your integrity. But we have to be like Nehemiah and stay on the wall. Sometimes I think the enemy uses even the, the gossip and things for people to, to get us off our track and we get intimidated by our own selves. Sometimes we hear what people say about us and we, we don't have to, we, we carry around the open letter ourselves. We carry around the open letters all to see I'm a failure. I, I'm not worthy. I can't build my marriage because. They told me it was going to fail. So you carry around that open letter, that open sealed letter for everyone to see. So it's not even by imitation and intimidation by the enemy. You're intimidated by your own selves. But God is calling us today to don't allow intimidation to stop us from building the wall. We need to stand fast and don't panic. We need to live right and be honest. Pursue God's purpose for your life. Whether you're building your family, whether you're building your marriage, your, your devotional life, you need to stay on the wall and turn your intimidators over to the hands of God. Somebody say amen, please. Please, don't allow gossip. Don't allow the things of men. When God, when God is calling you to build it, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard and we listen at people and we, and we get weary and we get so tired and we hear the lies of the enemy. We need to close our ears to the enemy and know that God is calling us to rebuild our families and rebuild our lives. If the enemy cannot get you by invitation, I'm calling you. Come on, get down off of that wall. He'll try intimidation. He'll try to intimidate you with lies and the last distraction will be the distraction of fear. The distraction of fear. And verse 10, He says, I met secretly with Shemaiah and Delilah, the son of Medabel, in the house. And he said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple. Let's find safety behind the locked doors because they are coming to kill you. Yes, they are coming to kill you. And I said, why would a man like me run for cover? And why would a man like me use the temple as a hideout? I sensed that God had not sent this man. The bad guys. This is the final plot. It was very deceptive. They hired a prophet, a prophet. Now, I'm putting out in in normal days. This is like somebody coming here and me me telling me and Pastor John to go tell you to stop building your wall. They went inside the church, and they got a prophet. They got a prophet, and the prophets were hired. They were held in high regard in Israel. They spoke for the word of God. When the prophet spoke, people listened. But Nehemiah knew something did not smell right. The prophet gave him a word that contradicted the written word of God. Listen, according to scriptures, Nehemiah had no right to enter the temple. To do so would be a sin. The prophet's advice was not only devious, it was designed to frighten Nehemiah. The prophet said, let us come to the house of God in the temple. And they said, let's close the doors before they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you to kill you they kept man you see that fear they're coming to kill you get off the wall come down come down but nehemiah said no he stayed on the wall and he knew that he had to stay what god is calling him to do fear will keep us from being on the wall fear is a great distraction what is fear folks fear is false evidence that appears real fear that's what fear is and some of you guys got phobias how many got phobias in the room phobias anybody got phobias anybody scared of spiders anybody afraid of heights anybody afraid of tight places I don't like to be in an elevator oh my god you know (laughs) we get those things how many in the room here I'm going to see a lot of hands how many of y'all afraid of dogs Lord (laughs) some some of y'all said that we're afraid of dogs listen I'm going to tell you a story my son Zion is in here this morning and I'm going to tell you what fear does. Fear tries to get you off with focus what God has called you to do. Zion is my, my adamant football player. I, th- I praise God for my, my son. He's been his been first year playing football, and, man, he's been playing, and he's been doing so well. I just kind of watch him, you know. And Zion was on the team, and Zion was one of the star players, and the, the coach said Zion has a natural knack for football. And I'm like, yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I am his father, you know. <laughs> I placed that in him, you know. <laughs> so even my son who was seven years old. The, the coach sent me the plays. And he said, Zion is probably the only one that will understand the playbook. So I want you to give him the playbook because if I can get into Zion, he's good. So the first couple of games our team was losing, and Zion, I'm like, Zion, the coach has some new plays, son. I need you to get these plays in here. And I printed it out. I told Zion, study these plays. And Zion went up to his room. He had them laid out on it. He was like, damn, we get to to practice these new plays. Well, they were on the practice field one day. And they were going over the plays. And Zion is not the one who misses balls or mess up plays. So I was sitting there with my father-in-law, my witness father-in-law in the back. And we're sitting on the sidelines. And Zion just kept dropping the ball. And he kept looking around. I'm like, Zion, why is he not focused? The game is before us. You learn these plays. You were so excited about it. And I'm watching them, and 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 I'm sensing something is wrong. Well, then Zion looks at me with tears in his eyes. He comes running to me. Daddy, I, I can't get focused right now. You can't get focused. What's the matter? He said, I'm so scared. I'm afraid. I'm like, you're afraid of what? Now, this is me rising up. You are. Excuse me, son. Let's go to the sidelines and talk. Because I, I, I was a teen parent, and I didn't want him to seem to get undignified with my son. So I gladly moved him over to the side of the field. Son, I was real clinical. Son, what seems to be the matter, you know? <laughs> and Zion looked at me, and he was like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. I'm like, what are you afraid of? I'm looking out, what are you afraid of? And he pointed way across the field. I'm like, what could, be, what could you be afraid of? It was a dog on a leash three football fields and a fence and an owner without, with it on the leash. And the dog was old as Methuselah. <laughs> there was no way possible this dog was going to attack him. And I'm like, son, what are you doing? How are you not having your, 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 your mind in the game? You're, you're allowing this fear to, to get your mind off the, the, the task. God told you to go out here and be the, the leader on this field, but you, you worried about a dog. I said, that's fear, man. Listen to this. <coughs> I said, Zion, listen. You have a fence that's keeping you protected. I said, beyond the fence, you have two football fields. Guess what? And I said, beyond the two football fields, you have your daddy and your granddaddy sitting right here on this fence. Do you believe we're going to let anything come and attack you, son? Do you believe we're going to sit here and let that happen? And he was like, no. I said, okay. (laughs) Okay, then. Okay, then, son. So why are you worried about this dog, this perceived fear? You understand? Because fear steals your power. Fear steals your power. And just like Zion, we're laughing at Zion, but some of us are just like that in our spiritual lives. God has called us to build a wall, but we cannot stay what God has called us to do because we're afraid of something that's down here on the fence over here. And just like Zion, God reminded me, he said, Corey, why are you worried when I told you to build a wall? I'm not going to let anything happen to you. There's a wall built around you and your Father and the Holy Spirit are here protecting you so you have nothing to fear. So I'm saying as God's calling you to to build your wall, don't allow fear to to lose your power. Listen, folks, and don't listen to people who have never done what you wanted to do. Let me say that one more time because don't listen to people who've never done what you want to do. I want to build my marriage. God is calling me to keep this marriage and we go get advice from somebody who's on their third marriage. That's not what God called. Don't listen to those folks. Don't, when the odds are stacked against you, even when you're building your wall, you have to be persistent. When you're faced with fear, when you're building your wall, do like Nehemiah did, and he stood firm on the word of God. He was wise and he was discerning. He acted in faith and not in fear. We see that when David, when David killed Goliath. We saw that. See, see, David was just a shepherd boy. And he knew that God had a plan for his life. And he said, I'm going to go proclaim the name of the Lord. And even when the giants came, see, David should have been scared, right? David should have been like, man, this giant is three three times as big as me. But he said, no. He said, I'm going to come. And he had the victory. He faced his fear with faith and a sling and five smooth stones. He got the victory. He got the victory. We need to stay on the wall. These distractions will come. We had the distraction of invitation. Come down come off the wall. We had the distraction of intimidation, and then we had the distraction of fear. But if I stop right here and tell you to go home, you're going to look at me like you're crazy. I had to give you any practical ways of what do we do. How do we combat these distractions? How do we combat these distractions in our life? Whatever God is calling you to build, you can overcome. Look at your neighbor and say, you're an overcomer. You are an overcomer. And how do we combat these, these fears? How do we construct this, um, combat these strategies. The first one, these are the last three. Stay with me, folks, because I really believe that the Lord is speaking to hearts today. The first thing we do if we want to combat these distractions, we need to stand firm, encourage yourself, and be committed. Be committed. Verse 2 and verse 3 says, in this chapter, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work, <coughs> why should the work come to a standstill? Just so I can come down to see you. Four times they sent this message, and four times I gave them the answer. The fifth time, the same messenger and the same message. You can overcome. We learn from Nehemiah to stand firm. When any time these distractions come, keep building your wall. And listen, he said he had to encourage himself. Sometimes you can't look, leave, look for uh, encouragement for your, from your neighbor. You, did, you have to encourage yourself. You gotta encourage yourself. Near my said, I'm doing a great work. And sometimes you gotta wake up in the morning when God told you to rebuild that marriage or that relationship and say, hey, self, you're doing a great work. And you cannot come down. I gotta keep building that brick day by day. Keep doing what God is calling me to be. Be firm. Be firm in it and be committed to it. What God is calling you to build is calls us a level to be committed. We stand, we stand firm. We, we encourage ourselves and we be committed because God is doing a great work in you. Stay committed to the work that God has called you to do. Can we say amen? What does this look like to stay committed? Hey, hey, I want you to go out with me tonight. No, I can't go out tonight because I'm attempting. I'm going to a small group tonight because God has called me to, to, to stay on the wall and be committed to the things he's doing. You may have job offers to come, but if it's not the best thing, stay committed to where God is having you, you know? Guess what? You're trying to build your relationship with your, your husband and your wife. How many of you know you got to turn off the TV? Plan a date night. Where's uh, uh Mickey and Lori? Hey Amen. You you gotta plan date nights. If you want your marriage to work, how many of we gotta work at it? If you're building your marriage, we we, we gotta be committed to one another. And what does that look like? Even being committed, spending time with my wife, because God is He's teaching me to rebuild these things. Your marriage could be in shambles. It could be all scattered. You might be trying to build a relationship with others where you are at, but stay committed to what God has called you to do. Stand firm and encourage yourself that God is doing a great work in you. Amen? The second thing we do is we pray and receive strength from the Holy Spirit. We pray and we receive strength from the Holy Spirit. In verse 9, they were trying to intimidate Nehemiah into quitting. They thought that, that he'd give up. They thought He'd never finish, and the enemy would love to let people around you think that you would never finish. The wall was the God has called. You'll never finish this thing. You'll never finish this thing. No, but Nehemiah knew he had the strength. He prayed, "God, give me strength." The NIV version says, "Now God, strengthen my hands." God strengthened my hands. And as we're building our lives, as we're building things in our life, we cannot do it on our own strength. We cannot build this, these lives, these, these this ruins around us. Like Nehemiah, he asked God to strengthen his hands. So whatever you're building, whatever God is doing in your life, ask God to strengthen your hands. You cannot do this on your own. You are not designed to, to build this wall on your own. You can't build it on nehem, Nehemiah said, God, give me the strength. God, give me the strength. We cannot build our marriages alone. We cannot build our faith alone. We cannot build our devotional life, our legacy, our future without him. Can somebody say amen? We need him. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us to do it. We cannot do without him. I don't want to build another thing in my life without God. I don't want to build another thing without the Holy Spirit. So I have to be committed to staying on that wall and keep building, and know it's not in my strength. I gotta encourage myself. I gotta stay firm in the word, and I gotta know that God is doing a great work in me. And I, I cannot come down off the wall. I will not allow the distractions from the enemy to get me off the wall. Our last point, our last point this morning is how do you combat? How do you combat distractions? The third one is resist advice contrary to the word of God. Listen now, resist. Contrary to the word of God. Verse 10 and 14 says, Nehemiah knew the word of God. You won't be distracted if you know the word of God. The word of God is essential. The word is the, the God is the, is the lamp unto our feet. And as people, if we want to be, we want to combat distractions, we got to know the word of God. So even if Pastor John comes and tells you something that's contrary to the word of God, or Pastor Corey comes and tells you something contrary to the word of God, you have to know the word of God in your heart. In your heart. They, they hired a, a, a prophet to come tell Nehemiah to come down and to strike fear in his life. But Nehemiah knew the word of God. There's a comfort into knowing the Word of God. It's comfort. Even if a friend gives you advice contrary to the Word of God, do not follow it. Do not follow it. Stay on the wall. Keep building what God has called you to do just like Nehemiah. He built bricks day by day. Invitation. distractions by invitation. distractions by intimidation. Distraction by fear. Nehemiah would not come down. He would not come from where he was and he learned to stand on the Word of God. He learned to stand on the word of God. He learned to stand on the word of God. Emily, will you please come? I want to leave you with this reminder. Like Nehemiah. He says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. What God is doing is significant work. God is doing significant work In your life. Four times, four times, these bad brothers, these bad brothers, they kept asking him, inviting him, and distracting him to come down. But Nehemiah did not come down. Nehemiah did not come down. Listen, folks, when overcoming distractions, you are not going to get to a place where you silence the voice of the enemy. So you're going to have to learn how to proceed in spite of his noise. When overcoming distractions, let me say it again, you are not going to get to a place where you silence the voice of the enemy. So you've got to learn, I've got to learn how to proceed in spite of his noise. And noise is going to come on all sides. The enemy is gonna to try to get in your ear through friends, through good things, through, through lies, through gossip. He's gonna to try to get in your ear, but you have to stuff your, stuff your ears and keep pursuing. I'm working on something significant. What God is doing in your life, you're working on something significant. Now you need to act like it's significant. Your marriage, your relationship, where you're, it's significant. God is doing a good thing. He, want, he wants you to stay on the wall. You're on addictions. You, 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 you're struggling with addictions day by day. I'm building. I'm building a new wall. I'm struggling in my faith. I'm gonna get up one day and just read one script. Day by day, I'm building this wall. Act like it's significant. Listen. Nehemiah 6:15 6, and 16 say that the wall was completed in 52, in 52 days. The wall was completed in 52 days. And when the enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self confidence because they realized that the work had been done with the help of God. 52 days. Your 52 days may look like three years, your 52 days may look like three months, but look at your name and say, Stay on the wall, keep building. What God is doing in your life is significant. He wants to do that. In less than two months, God built the wall. He built the wall and through Nehemiah. What significant thing is God trying to do in your life today? What significant thing is God doing in your life today? Have you been allowing distraction to keep you from moving forward? I just want to kind of let this sit. Have you been distracted? Have you allowed the invitation from the enemy? Have you allowed intimidation and fear to get you off the wall that you're you're not what God has called you to be? I believe God is doing doing something in our hearts today, this morning, and he wants to encourage you to stay on the wall. Let's stand to our feet this morning. If you have not heard anything from this crackpot today, stay on the wall. Keep building those things that God has calling you to build. God is rebuilding some things in people. God is rebuilding relationships. God is rebuilding a lot of things When a lot of folks in here today. But we want to stand firm and God is doing a great work in you and when the enemy comes, tell him I will not come down. I will stand fast on the things that God has called me to do. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives in us. Father God, thank you for this encouraging story from Nehemiah today to stay on the wall. God, you are building some things and some people around us today. And I I pray God that we will not grow weary and we will not become distracted by the enemy. We would be like Nehemiah and pray, God, strengthen my hands. I cannot do this work alone. I need your Holy Spirit. I need you to help me to build this this wall, to rebuild my life one brick at a time. I cannot do it in my own strength. It is you who gives me life. And the enemy would love to leave us here today being distracted. Being distracted. To getting off where God has called you to be. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come. If you would join me here at the, the altar this morning because I believe some of you in in this room today have been distracted. Some of you guys have been distracted. You've been allowing distractions to get you off of where God has called you to be. And this morning, we want to pray with you. We want to believe God for your marriages. We want to believe God for your relationships. We want to believe God for for everything that's going on in your life. We want to stand in agreement with you. You may want to come down here today and kneel down and pray by yourself. You may want to kneel by yourself or you may want to bring somebody up here with you or find one of these prayer folks to pray with you today because I don't want you to leave here today distracted. I want you to leave here today with a renewed strength to stay on the wall because God is doing something significant in you. God is doing something significant in you. But if you have fell victim for any one of these distractions today, don't feel like you're alone. Don't feel like you're, you're by yourself. We're here to pray with you. We're here to pray with you and believe God for you. So we're going to open up these altars right now and we're going to believe God for what he's doing today as we stand in his presence. Please, Hannah's going to sing a verse of this song today but if you want prayer today I don't want you to feel like we're obligated but I want you to come and I want you to, to touch one of these brothers up here or one of these sisters up here today I'll be even down here to pray for you but come down here and let's, let's have a renewed commitment to stay on the wall Let's have a renewed commitment to stay committed to the things that God is doing in our lives. We will not come down. God is doing a significant work in us, and I'm going to begin to act like it. I'm going to walk like it, and I'm going to believe God for that today. So as they sing today, if you need some special prayer, if you want us to believe God with you, will you please come? Will you please come at this moment as as she sings? Let's just sing through that verse a couple of times. My Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.